Welcome to the Coping 19 Limited Series Podcast, a positive look at how entrepreneurs are coping with this COVID-19 pandemic, what they're learning from this situation, and how they're changing their business practices to accommodate this new world. And now here's your host, Jennifer Lee. Have you ever wondered when you walk in a neighborhood and take a look at all the different homes, why do they look the way they do? Architecture is dictated by circumstances that are happening in the world. Technology changes, the ability of materials, the restrictions in the neighborhoods, the economy, everything is connected to architecture. They always say art imitates life, and that's what architecture is. It's design, it's art. Yes, some of it's beautiful, and yes, some of it's ugly. But it's there, it's in our lives, it shapes our neighborhoods, it shapes our cities, it shapes our lives. We live in homes, we stay in them day and night, we sleep there, we create memories there, it's everything to us. So you better believe it that COVID-19 is going to affect the ways that homes are redesigned in the future or how we're going to renovate our homes. Like I said, a lot of us are spending a lot more time in our homes than we usually do. So we're starting to think, ooh, I don't use that room at all. I could really use that space. Ew, I don't like that kitchen island. I keep bumping into it when I'm creating my culinary creations. Oh, my sink is too far. And the biggest question for a lot of people during this quarantine is where I'm gonna have my Zoom call. I've had a lot of meetings and I've even done some stand-up comedy from home. And you don't realize how stressful it is, especially when you don't have a big space. You have to find a corner in your home that looks picturesque because that's what people are gonna see. That is your stage and your background defines you as you. So how are home offices shaping as more and more people are gonna continue to work from home? I read today that Twitter is encouraging their employees to work from home forever. So you're gonna have to have a great little office space where you feel inspired and you wanna work at every single day. And when somebody wants to Zoom you, you look like a professional. So, so many different things are gonna be changing in our homes and they already have for a lot of us. I wanted to talk to an architect. I've known this lady for quite a few years. She's super impressive. Her name is Kathy Ewan and she is founder of Phase One Designs, which specializes in custom home design in Canada. Currently, they have two locations, one in Calgary, that is where they started, and they have their second location in Vancouver, but they do projects all across Canada. Like I said, this woman is amazing. I wanted to sit down with her and talk to her about her thoughts of what's gonna happen in the future with home design. Are we gonna see some rooms permanently gone and are we gonna see some other rooms added like at home gyms? Because a lot of people might not wanna go back to the gym. I don't know what people are feeling right now. Or are we gonna see more home movie theaters or are we gonna see more home offices or just if you don't have the room for it, a space for your office. So many questions to get down to it. But of course, we got to start back at the beginning because she just didn't start at the top. So let's talk to Kathy Ewan and please tell me your journey into architecture and to, of course, now having a growing business with two locations already in two provinces. And I know for sure more to come in the future loved the idea of being creative, making things beautiful, 
you know, that whole world. But then on the flip side, I kind of have this part of my brain where I love numbers and math and science and all of that. You know, it all kind of happened when I was in my 20s and I was just kind of, you know, like a lot of 20 year olds trying to figure out what to do. Somehow I kind of stumbled upon the architectural field and I was like, wow, you know, that like truly is like the perfect combination of both of those things that I really liked. I love how the architectural world blends the aesthetic and creative side with that technical side. So for example, you know, knowing technical things like structural engineering and building envelope and all those kind of things that a lot of people don't think about when it comes to homes, but are absolutely important. So taking that and also making it really beautiful. So that's how I got into this field. Okay, because I know it's not always glitz and glamour and one day you start a business and boom, you're super successful living in a penthouse and you have all this money. So I want to know the steps that you had to take to start phase one from the ground up to where it is right now. Don't leave out any details. I'll tell you the true story, Jen. Um, <laughs> true story is back then, I actually thought, you know, it's how hard could it possibly be to start a business? And now looking back, it's kind of embarrassing to share that story because like what a ridiculous thing to say. But again, you know, I kind of like to say, you know, I was naive. I was kind of in my 20s and not really knowing. And I just kind of jumped into it and said, hey, you know what? I am doing this. I'm going to start a design company. And literally overnight, that's just what I decided to do. But, you know, as, as much as I'm a little bit embarrassed to share that story, I think it's actually a good story because the fact that I was so naive, I think it just kind of led me to being bold about a lot of the decisions I made at the beginning. Like, so for example, like, you know, hey, I'm just going to do this and not really realizing how hard or challenging it is going to be and just giving it my all without really worrying about what could potentially go wrong. So I think that actually led to a lot of our uh, later successes nothing to be embarrassed about. I feel like some of the most successful companies, all the founders were like, oh, I'm going to start this business. It's going to be super easy. I'll just start a burger chain. No problem. And then realize, oh no, what did I get myself into? Owning your own business is a lot of work. (laughs) And that being said, what are some challenges that you came across when building a phase one into the business it is today? And have you learned any lessons from those early days that you can actually apply to now when we're trying to navigate this new world of COVID-19 and keeping our businesses successful and thriving? Well, I can tell you the list of challenges is very long. (laughs) I think we probably ran into every single problem a business could possibly run into. Like, let's just say if we were to focus on kind of what our largest challenge was, I think it was probably the fact that when I started, I was a designer. That was my background. That was my education. And I had zero business experience. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, that's where they start. They are what I like to call doers, you know, so they're really good at doing their craft or their trade or their skill set, whatever they're good at doing. And then when they decide they want to start a business, then you get thrown into the middle of trying to figure out how to do that. For example, I had no idea how to do things like run business finances. I had no idea how to build a team. And then once I actually had a team built, I had no idea how to run a team. I didn't know a thing about contracts. I didn't know how to do sales. I didn't know how to do marketing. You know, like all those things that make a really successful business, I actually had no idea how to do any of those the earlier lessons of any entrepreneur or business 
you have so many challenges and issues that you run into. But my advice would be, you know, take those issues and challenges and turn them into learning lessons, right? Like really like just even take a moment to look back and dissect and say, hey, like what did I really, really learn from that? And then that way it kind of turns that negative into a positive and it actually just makes you stronger and smarter for anything moving forward. So for example, you know, all those challenges that you went through looking at our present situation going through COVID, it's like, man, you know, as a business owner, you go through so much adversity already (laughs) and challenges. So, you know, just taking all of accumulation of all that and mustering up the strength to kind of just continue to move forward as a business during COVID and just reminding yourself, hey, you know, I got this. I've been through challenges before. I navigated through that and I came out the other side better. And just remembering that. Very true. Sometimes we have to take a step back and say, hey, what are some of the challenges that I have faced in life already? And how did I overcome them? And a lot of us are fighters. And especially if you're a business owner, you're a fighter. You're going to keep that business going as long as possible. And we have to remind ourselves of that is we can get through this. Yes, COVID-19 is something none of us have ever experienced. It is a very serious matter. But some of our personal challenges that we've already experienced in our lives or in our business as entrepreneurs, we can take those lessons that we have learned and apply it to our current situation to make what we're going through a little bit better. And it definitely helps. And what are some ways that phase one is adapting their business model to accommodate this new COVID-19 era? Obviously, our number one concern was just our team and our client safety. We were actually really, really fortunate that a lot of our business was already set up to operate remotely, um, just given our two locations. We probably had about, you know, I would say 80% of our business that was already quite virtual and quite online. So some of the things we had to figure out pretty much immediately was we had to figure out the remaining 20% of how to do that. So for example, how do you do a hand sketch? You know, where we normally would do that in front of a client. How do you do that in the same way and same experience and deliver that to a client online? When we have to do hand sketches, there's technology that we can actually do where we can actually do live hand sketching where the client can give us immediate feedback. The other thing, I think something that was really, really important to us was just figuring out how to maintain like a really good, close culture for our team. Culture is something that is very, very important to not only me, but the company. And so just maintaining that, but at a distance, obviously. So some of the specific things that we did and are doing now, literally every single one of our meetings are now virtual. Running two locations, yeah, you would think definitely that there would be more challenges. I would have thought there'd be more challenges. I'm very lucky to say that even with two locations being a thousand kilometers apart, it's still really fortunate that we have access to technology and technology has really enabled us to be able to do the virtual meetings being able to deliver our services across two locations. We haven't really seen any negative impact on that at all. You're an architect, you've seen a lot of homes, some bad things in homes, you've made some amazing changes to make them more functional and beautiful. So what kind of changes do you think we're gonna start seeing? Because I think a lot of people are gonna wanna renovate or build themselves a brand new home because they're stuck in it all day long and they're finding everything that they hate about it. And I think as COVID-19 progresses, we're actually gonna see a lot of different changes to do with how we function in a space. But you're the expert, what are your thoughts? 
I think it's a balance because people are trying to conserve money because, you know, they're not really knowing what's going to happen in the future. So it's a, it's balancing, okay, well, how much money should I spend in my home versus like, what am I going to do in the future with my home design? So I think my prediction anyways, is I think that people are now more aware of the spaces they use and don't use in their homes. So for example, especially in the Vancouver area, pre-COVID-19, we saw a lot of homeowners wanting spaces like a formal living room and then also like a family room. But really, if you think about it, the uses of both of those spaces are kind of more or less the same. You know, it's like a living area. And then we would also see, you know, call it a more formalized dining room. And then, you know, like a more casual eating nook, let's say, in the same house. Well, I think given what's been happening, people living in their homes all the time and being stuck inside, people are starting to realize, well, hey, you know, I don't use that formal dining room and I don't use that formal living room. What else can I be doing with this square footage? could be repurposed for a home gym or a home office, not just converting it where it stands, but, you know, utilizing that square footage somewhere else in your home. I think that's definitely a consideration that's going to come to light as things move along. There is so much wasted space that we don't use. I grew up in a home with a living room and a family room and a dining room. Very thankful for that, don't get me wrong, but we barely ever used the dining room unless it was a special occasion. And the same thing goes for the living room. We were only allowed to sit on the nice furniture for like Christmas and that's it. Other than that, the room was off limits for the rest of the year. One part of the home that I think a lot more people are looking to if they have that option is the patio. And that can be a patio in your condo or if you're in a basement suite or if you do have a home with a yard is something that a lot of people don't think of because I know in my millennial age group, a lot of us live in condos. So right away, we don't think about spending that much time on our balcony if we have one. And I think it's a great time to really utilize that space uh, no matter how small it is because it's better as we're learning uh, through the advice of the health professionals to spend more time outdoors uh, during coronavirus because there's less likely chance to spread and it's also great for our mental health. A few things you said there Jen let's say an outdoor space whether it be a full-blown backyard or even just like a little front porch that you sit on so you know I think people are starting to think to themselves okay well how can I utilize these spaces where I think pre-COVID-19 everybody was just kind of like oh you know whatever it's my backyard you know and maybe maybe giving it a little thought but not as much thought as I think people are going to be moving forward to really utilize every square inch of not only their home but their properties one space that some people have in their homes or even in their condos is an office and a lot of people don't use it now a lot of people are using those spaces but i think a lot more people are going to make sure the next time they renovate or they build their home from scratch to make sure that they have a home office that they're comfortable in because i think a lot of people are going to continue to work from home Remember back pre-COVID-19 when a home office was just kind of like nice to have and somebody just kind of throws a quote-unquote home office, like maybe it's some mismatched furniture in that spare bedroom and it's also your gym and a whole bunch of other things. So I think people's attention to the, not only the design, but the space allocated to a home office is going to significantly increase, especially now I think it's a fair general statement to say that everybody has spent a lot of time in their home offices. So having a beautiful space to be in 
actually contributes significantly to, you know, how much you want to be in that space and just like how you feel in that space. So I think moving forward, people are going to have definitely a renewed focus to having a properly allocated home office or in the cases where you can't have a properly allocated home office, at the very least, just considering the design of it. If you don't have the square footage to have a dedicated home office, and I get that, not everybody's going to have that luxury, but you know, at least making sure that it's in a space that's more beautiful and the, your sight lines coming from the home office. Maybe you, you're sitting at your dining room table, having a beautiful view outside, positioning your home office in a way that brings you joy. COVID-19 is teaching us a lot about space. We've had to rethink it in businesses, rethink it in transit, because before we were all crammed on the bus like sardines, we were crammed into restaurants, we were practically tripping over top of each other when we're walking down the streets of downtown Vancouver. And I know the same thing for Calgary. I've been to Calgary before, and especially during stampede times, it is busy. And the stampede too, which of course isn't happening this year, that's a lot of people in one area. And as weather kind of gets a little more nasty and not as pleasant in the fall, we're still going to have to maintain our distance. So hopefully by that point, we're going to still be allowed to see people and have them over in our homes. But how are we going to be able to interact with them? So I'm wondering if floor plans of homes are going to significantly change because of COVID-19, because when we have someone over, we're still gonna have to maintain that distance until we find a vaccine. I think the other thing too, we're gonna see a lot of is open floor plans. So open floor plan concept is not a new thing. That has been a trend in design for a very, very long time. But I think now as we're talking distancing, I think that's still going to be a thing that's going to last into the immediate future anyways. People are going to be more aware of like, you know, how large their spaces are and how open they are to each other. So for example, you have gathering with family for a special event, let's say Christmas dinner. It's like, okay, well, when the family's over, how can we make sure we create a space where everybody can have that separation, even if only just to be cautious. So in order to have that space, there's two things you really need. You Number one, you would need obviously an open concept floor plan so you can interact with each other. And number two, it's literally square footage. And it's very relevant to Vancouver because I think the trend at one point is everybody wants to go smaller with their square footage. Well, guess what? If you want more space, I mean, really, you just need to go bigger with your square footage. It's a pretty straight formula. So that's something that I think we are going to see more of is people desiring that additional square footage so they can have those bigger rooms so they can properly entertain and in a safe way. Looking on the bright side, it will be really interesting to see in the next 10 years what homes are going to look like inside and if COVID-19 is any reflection of that on how we deal with space in the home. Okay, Kathy, I need to ask you this question because I know a lot of entrepreneurs have been discussing this with me and while doing the podcast is sometimes I feel like I'm on a motivation roller coaster, meaning sometimes when I'm at the top of the roller coaster, I'm super motivated. And then when I go down the roller coaster, I just have a struggle to get back up to that point of doing a lot of work and being productive. So what are your tips for motivation during the pandemic? Because I definitely feel like it's a lot different than before when I was dealing with uh, procrastination and maybe a lack of 
being focused? Oh my gosh, yes. That is like the question of the day. So I'll give you my take on that answer because I think everybody has their own answer to this. I really think it's all about kind of being kind to yourself and giving your permission to have both good days and bad days. I think it's important to be realistic, okay? So like maybe you don't wake up every single day super motivated and you know, don't feel guilty. Like that's okay. Like really if you think about what everyone's going through right now, it's it's crazy and it's unprecedented. And as a society, we are so tricked to be like positive all the time and like not have bad days. And if we do, like don't talk about it. But you know what? Like, man, we're going through some tough stuff right now. Everybody is, the whole world is. So I think it's just being kind to yourself and giving yourself permission to have those good days and the bad days. The reality is we um, all have both. Some of the more specific thing that's really helped me personally to stay motivated is just to keep a routine. I try really hard to keep the same routine that I had pre-COVID. I wake up at the same time every morning. I still do, you know, my morning meditation, my morning exercise, my morning reading. I do a morning green smoothie every morning to try to keep as healthy as I can. And then even just like the little things like staying connected with friends. I was actually just talking with a friend for this uh, interview today. And we were talking about how, you know, just small things like getting together with your friends on Zoom and having dinner or, you know, wine or whatever. We just recently actually had a surprise birthday party for one of my friends, which was really interesting and fun. So I think those things just keep us mentally healthy, which, you know, ties into the whole motivation thing. Keeping yourself happy means keeping yourself motivated. Because I love positivity because it's what's getting me through this is just keeping an open mind and being positive. So I want to know, is there any story you can share with me that is kind of like a good news story that has happened to you and your business? <laughs> okay, so that's a great question. I think we're still trying to write what that positive story is. And I think, yeah, positive story is still unfolding on a day to day. We are still in the process of writing that positive story. One of the things that I've noticed is that people are now just kind of making that extra effort to really connect with one another. So for example, instead of just sending that really faceless email, I find more people, including myself, are picking up the phone and having like a real phone conversation. I don't know if you're finding the same thing, Jen, like everyone's getting way more phone calls. And uh, you know, when you ask someone, Someone, like, how are you doing? It's like actually a real genuine question instead of just, you know, take off the box of ask somebody how they're doing with a fake answer. People are just being really honest about how they're actually doing. And I think it's now okay to say like, you're not having a good day. And, you know, having that whole conversation with your friends, your colleagues, um, you know, even people that you don't know very well and sharing that really real true story about like what's what's happening in your world. But then like, you know, you find when you, you're in those conversations after sharing that real story of, you know, maybe you're having a bad day or whatever, everybody getting off that call just feels better, right? It's like, oh, I got that off my chest. Usually in business, you're always told that you're never supposed to show emotion. You're supposed to be strong. You never admit to anybody when you're having a bad day. And with this COVID-19 situation, it's interesting because like you said, when you're on the phone, people feel like they can open up to you, even though they might not know you. They want to be honest with you. Like, hey, I'm not going to be at my A game right now. I just want to let you know that I can provide the service and I'll do this for you and I'll help you out. But this is where I'm at. And I'm loving that, that we're being more honest with each other. 
Okay, Kathy, you're from Calgary. You're currently living there right now. I want to know what it's like being in Calgary and how is the community rallying around small businesses during this very tough situation? You know, Calgary is strong. And, you know, I've seen the Calgary community band together before in times of crisis. In Calgary, it's kind of crazy. To be honest, what we're dealing with right now in Calgary is the perfect storm of COVID-19 and then everything that's happening in the energy sector with oil and gas and the crash that we had there. It really truly is unprecedented times in not only Calgary, but the entire province of Alberta, I'd say. But I must say, in light of all of this, the community really is pulling together and really supporting each other. There's a huge emphasis, like very similar to what you're seeing in Vancouver, on supporting local restaurants and, you know, the retail sectors that have just been really, really hard hit. You know, you see things online all the time. It's like people are staying home, but ordering in from their favorite local restaurant and ordering, you know, their favorite local beer and all that kind of stuff and ordering local retail goods online. So that's kind of what we're seeing in Calgary right now. Again, just such a strong community. I, I really have no doubt that Calgary will pull through all this as they have all other crises. I hope so too. I love Calgary. I love going to the Stampede. I have family that lives there and I really hope uh, we can go back to the Stampede in 2021. So yeah. Anyways, let's get down to the game portion. We're going to play quarantine questions. I feel like I'm back on the radio again. And Kathy, all you need to do is answer as many questions as you can. There's no right or wrong answers. All you have to do is be fast and answer them in a minute. Are you ready? Let's go. Name a book that you're reading in self-isolation. Traction by Gina Wickman. Name your favorite quarantine snack. Ketchup chips. If you're at a till and they say you can only have one item, what would it be? Oh my goodness. Ketchup chips. <laughs> <laughs> I see a theme. What show are you binge watching right now? Oh my goodness. The Money Heist. What is one thing you love about being trapped in the house with your husband? We have separate offices and we don't have to see each other. <laughs> separate rooms is key. What is one thing you love about being stuck at home with your dog, Brutus? We get to snuggle. If you wrote a song in quarantine, what would the title be? Sunshine Lollipops with Puddles. <laughs> that was so cheesy. What is the one thing you're looking forward to when they lift restrictions? Giving someone a hug. Oh, me too. I just need a hug so bad. Hurry, Kathy. Let's try to squeeze one more so you can tie with Mary. After you survive this, what would be the title of your memoir? How not to go crazy while being quarantined for X months. XB an unknown number. Oh, good. You did it. Nobody can seem to break that number nine. Maybe my next guest. That was hard. <laughs> But yeah, that was fine. But so far, you're tied with Mary, my second guest, which, of course, you can listen to on the podcast Coping 19. Just go back a few episodes. There's a little plug. Learn about what it's like to read the news for a living during this really unprecedented situation. Anyways, back to Kathy. And thank you so much, Kathy. We'll see who wins. I will get you a fabulous, fabulous prize. And thanks again for uh, coming and talking to me about what you think the world is going to look like in the eye of an architect post-COVID-19. Thank you for listening to the Coping 19 limited series podcast, looking at how entrepreneurs are coping with COVID-19 and how they're changing their businesses to fit this new world.